Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. This is a podcast about the church and for the church. I'm Connor. I'm here with Mike Shera. Uh, we are really excited to be with you today. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get us right into our topic today because we have a lot we want to talk about and we want to get right into it. Uh, the topic is the Holy Spirit and our feelings. And a more built-out way, uh, a built-out way of understanding that title will be something like this. Uh, what does the Bible say about the ministry of the Holy Spirit and how does that impact our feelings, as well as the choices and decisions that we're making in our lives. And Mike and I have had this on our minds as we've been in the middle of some different conversations recently uh, at Grace. And so we just want to kind of unpack this. This is probably actually going to end up being a two-part episode, so you can look out for something uh, next week as well. But Mike, let me start uh, by kicking it to you. And I think we're going to try to begin in Acts 16 and then work our way out from there. But can you just kind of give some context for why this is on your mind, what you've been hearing, uh, what some conversations may have looked like, and then we can go from there. Okay. Well, thanks. This is a good topic. So it's really, it's the work of the Holy Spirit and the, and the place of, of your feelings and your choices, because all of us have feelings and emotions and choices. And there are times where Christians will say, I really felt led uh, to pray. Or even someone will say, hey, if you feel led to pray or you feel led to do this, go ahead and do it. And we use that, that vernacular, so it's kind of a way we speak. But, but sometimes people will say, well, that's because that's what the Bible says. Well, nowhere in the Bible does it say, if you feel led by the Spirit, you know, do this. It says, all who are led by the Spirit are sons of God, like in, in Romans 8. Being led by the Spirit of God is the idea of you are by the Spirit, through the Word of God, following Christ, you know, and, and living an obedient life and a godly life and what have you. And, and trusting independence on the Lord. But it doesn't mean that you're kind of at the, at the whim of your feelings and emotions of how you, what you should do next. Sometimes Christians will want a feeling or an emotion or a prompting and say, okay, now I know the Lord wants me to do this. Where Jesus said, if you love me, you'll do what I command. So that's right. kind of where we're going. So you take a place like Acts, in, Acts chapter 16. And this will, will, this will be um, a good place to start. It says in Acts 16, uh, verse 6, They went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. So God is guiding the apostles, and they're going, and they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit. We don't know how. We don't know how that came about. Okay. Also, earlier in chapter 15, verse 28, you read these words. It has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements. And then, even in a place like Acts 8, where it doesn't speak of the Holy Spirit, but it says in verse 26, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go down south uh, to the road that goes, rise, go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And he arose and went. And what people will say is, we'll see, this happened to Christians in the Bible. So I should expect to hear those kind of messages from God mm -hmm. and even those kind of feelings or promptings in my spirit to know what I should do next. Right. Oftentimes with big idea, big decisions in life or things like this, but sometimes it trickles down even into smaller decisions. Mm -hmm. And I would say that Almost always, it's a person who's really sincere and has come to the table with an understanding that they got from somewhere, from reading the Bible 
or from being taught that this is what you should be looking for and that this is normative for all Christians. The best answer that I would start with is absolutely the Holy Spirit is at work and there is a place for your feelings and your choices. But you don't always have to put the two together and say the Holy Spirit told me to do this or that. And the reason why is because there's two different reasons. But one is we use a literal grammatical historical hermeneutic, meaning we take the words literally and the grammar and the syntax and all of the way it was put together means something specific. And it was it was it happened in a in a historical, uh, you know, background. It really did happen. What happens though, people will say, well, I read the Bible literally and I saw that, so I must have that too. But if you take that kind of hermeneutic, that kind of handling scriptures, what you'll find is you have to realize what genre you're dealing with and what the context is. And the book of Acts is descriptive, not prescriptive. It describes what the Holy Spirit and really the triune God was doing in the early church, in the apostolic uh preaching and ministry and as the church was birthed and then starting to grow. And the other reason that it's important is that when we think about the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, there is a tendency among Christians to bifurcate the Trinity very tightly and say, we have to hear about the Holy Spirit or Jesus or the Father because three persons and one God. And they have different roles and they're different persons in the Godhead, but it's one God. And God is co-equal and co-eternal and co-existent. And sometimes we, we tightly, tightly, uh, you know, chop, slice and dice the Trinity too much. I had one person say to me once, you don't talk about the Holy Spirit enough. And I said, look, we're going verse by verse through the scriptures. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking what it says in the word. And it just so happens that the Spirit of God spoke every word in scripture even if the Spirit is not mentioned, and that Jesus is mentioned more, and the Father is mentioned more, and that the Bible tells us the Holy Spirit will glorify Christ. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, those are some of the things that we need to keep in mind. And I said to someone recently when we were talking about this, I said, look, just that idea of when you say, hey, it's in the book of Acts, why can't that be for me too? And you, you get the explanation, this is descriptive, not prescriptive. This is not meant to be normative for all believers, even if you might have been taught that, and that you don't see it in the epistles. You don't see Paul saying, now remember, you need to hear this or or look for an impression or look for a, a feeling, because we don't want to go by our feelings and emotions to make our choices. We want to be more objective than that, but we do have our feelings and emotions in play. That once you hear that, if you don't accept it, if you say, you know what, I hear what you're saying, but I want to follow what I'm going to, what I think, you could run the risk of being self-willed and saying, I'm over the Bible. You know, someone taught me this and I believe it, even hmm. though you got an explanation that is something that Christians have believed since the first century. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be the first thing I would say. Uh, what are some of your thoughts on, on the topic? Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts and a lot of questions I'd love to float to you after. Um, let's see, how would I organize this? I think I think one thought I would initially throw out is just to kind of underline the idea of acts being, you know, descriptive rather than prescriptive. There's just so many things that are unique about that stage of the gospel going forward in church history. And if you want to talk about, oh, there's my phone. Don't you love when that happens? Hello, Zach Winkler. (laughs) Hello, Zach. Maybe he'll listen to this someday. Uh, That was Connor's phone speaking to him for some reason. My, my Siri is broken, I think, because I tried to do something yesterday and, uh, 
it this didn't work. So of, you could use this as an illustration here. Your phone <laughs> just spoke to you. Okay, this is interesting. Not to take it too seriously, but I think there's a brand of Christianity that would actually genuinely say, "Oh my goodness, that must be a sign from the Lord that I, that I need to talk I agree to Zach with you. today." Uh, that's not like crazy. We're all nodding our heads in here. Like right. we, we totally know that that that's a reality, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and maybe we've even been kind of like, Oh, I just, my Bible just randomly opened to such and such page. Is God trying to say something to me through that today? So right. there's all kinds of ways that you can, you know, go down that road, but yeah, go yeah, ahead. And for example, sometimes we hyper spiritualize things where we, we want credence for what our choices are. I want to be able to say, God told me that where I have confidence, but it's interesting that right there, your phone just spoke to you. Let's just say you didn't call your friend back yet. That could be a good reminder. That's just a common sense reminder. Oh, great. I'll call him later, but it doesn't have to be. And the Lord told me Hmm. to do that because what it does is it, then it says, now what's the next thing that you're going to need to, you know, respond to that the Lord's telling you. Um, because it's just, that's outside of scriptural teaching. And we're not saying we should live our life in a wooden way where it's like, um, I'm not feeling or, or, or thinking or having emotions. No, your whole life. We taught on this, I think on a Friday morning and a GBI, the role of emotions in the life. Yeah. It's huge. I mean, you can't get away from your emotions, but that your emotions and your feelings shouldn't be driving everything. And then you shouldn't just attach God onto it to give yourself more confidence that you're doing the right thing. Right. Like sometimes we just make the wrong decision, but God can handle our, our wrong decision making. Yeah. You know? Yep. Absolutely. No, that's helpful. Um, and I think we, just to, to jump on that for a second as well, we've talked about this before, you know, sometimes I think believers are looking for some extra ammo to back up their decision, you know, and it, it really, it's attractive to be able to say, well, we, you know, my husband and I, or my wife and I, we, we are absolutely sure that we've gotten an impression from the Lord that this is the way for us to go forward. And, um, I, you know, I think that can almost give some extra ammo of like, oh, well, it's the Lord who's leading us to do this. And, and it can take the burden off of an individual believer to say, I've thought about it. I've prayed about it. I've gotten counsel and we're deciding to, you know, move forward in this direction. So we can speak maybe more to that even yeah. on the next episode. Do you have any thoughts just immediately? Yeah. Let's, Cause we'll, we'll, what we'll do is we'll, we'll say a couple more things and then we'll, we'll leave the rest for the next episode. I remember a book by Gary Friesen on decision-making in the will of God. And it was hard for me at the time because I, and this is where I would say, it's good when we see what the word really says and means, okay? We're looking for authorial intent. What did God intend? And when we see that, oh, wait, the book of Acts isn't descriptive where, excuse me, prescriptive. It's descriptive. I misspoke there. It's, de- it's descriptive. It describes what God did. But it doesn't mean that every Christian has to seek the same experience. And if we go around seeking experiences, we can be tossed to and fro by every wind and wave of doctrine. But when I was a brand new believer, I did think that way. And I did think, oh, the Lord needs to tell me to go share the gospel with someone. I remember one time I was like, the Lord told me to go preach the gospel to that guy and the guy got saved. But it's like, well, if I go off of that, then that means I won't share the gospel if I don't feel some prompting. I'm supposed to be preaching the gospel everywhere Mm -hmm. I go, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we've got to, obedience doesn't mean like there has to be a hyper feeling for it. And I think that, we acknowledge the feelings and emotions, but we don't overdo it because the Bible doesn't overdo that. The Bible doesn't say, now you need to be led by your feelings and impressions and emotions mm-hmm. and all of that. And so I think that um, 
if we could just think through, uh, there were times that I thought that way, but I let it go because I saw what the word really said. Are we willing to let go of false teaching or false ideas that we have thought or that someone else has given us? And I think that is a sign of being a, a someone who's subject to the word of God is to say, wow, I realize I'm wrong. I realize I've been thinking the wrong thing about the Holy Spirit and, and that the Holy Spirit is much grander and much more glorious than I've been thinking. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit is limited in any way. We're told not to grieve the Spirit or quench the Spirit. And that is don't don't disobey what the Word is saying. And so I think uh, if we could see that, wow, we're not limiting God when we're, when we're eliminating uh, false ideas or false teaching. We're actually yielding more to yep. the working yep. of yep. the triune God. Totally agree. In fact, I would say that we'd run the risk on the other side of actually limiting the work of the Spirit when you assign Him only to these kinds of impressions or a certain kind of gift giving. or so, That is, you know, drastically limiting His role because sometimes people have a conversation with either one of us. Oh, don't you think the Spirit is important in this? And my answer is, uh, yeah, hello, the Spirit does everything. Every single step forward in grace that any believer ever experiences is the work of the Spirit. You know, we can talk more about this on the next episode, but mm-hmm. His work just infuses and, and directs all of our growing, all of our obedience, all of our transformed life is the outflowing of the Spirit's ministry to us. So it's like, is the Holy Spirit important in this? You know, He's everything, and He's the one who's opening our eyes to see Christ's glory through scripture. So, and we can talk more about that. I think next time too, Mike, just the importance of scripture and all of this. Um, oh, good. I, th- I think just it's a, f- a good time to end at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Okay. Why don't we, why don't we wrap this one up listeners? Thanks for uh, jumping in with us. Uh, I'm going to pass it back uh, to Mike to wrap things up, but just look out for the next episode. And even, um, even if you hear this and have questions that you'd like us to tackle, uh, at a future time, even shoot some in. But yeah, Mike, do you want to just give a final word for this one? For the final word, we're going to preview the next episode. And it's we're going to be in the first few verses of Romans 8, where it speaks of uh, not living according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, and that those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit, and that those you know who belong to the Lord um, have the Spirit of God, that those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. We're going to see, what does that mean then? If it doesn't mean, uh, you know, that I have to hear something or feel something uh, and sense something that God wants me to do, what 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 does it mean? Yeah, so we'll do yeah, that. That sounds great. Okay. okay, listeners, we'll look forward to it. Uh, until next week, have a uh, great week of loving the Lord and walking with Him, and we'll talk to you next time on the Ordinary Church Podcast. God bless you. 